Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another luxurious edition of the DH Podcast. Before we jump in, first off, I want to thank you all. Um, I know that we, myself, Matt, all of our co-hosts, um, we are grateful for you all taking the time to listen to us. Um, if you've, if you're listening, that means you found us. But um, you can find us on any podcast platform whatsoever. Um, we also do three times a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, we have a very short um, kind of news clip series on YouTube uh, called the High Five series. So make sure to check us out for any and all information just regarding the sports world there. So uh, today we're going to be doing a lot of talk about uh, the Masters. It's a beautiful week for the Masters at Augusta National. So um, even if you like it to take naps or you like it because you love golfing or even if you love watching golfing but you're not good at it, that's me, um, this is going to be a great episode for you. And, of course, you know, we've got Week 10 coming up. So um, it's an incredible time. In the world of sports. All right, let's get into it. Rico, you sound sensational. It's Uncle Rico to you. Don't don't you forget that. Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, um, I am grateful for you for taking some time out. Um, and I wanted to. Um, Are I, we live? I mean, the, what's great about a podcast is we can be, we can't be. E- editing's everything. It's beautiful. So your voice I, sounds good. I usually just um, talk some shit, and if I, if we don't like it, we edit it. So okay, I like that. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of time. I'm sorry. No, that is fine. Oh. Some somebody is busy, and it's not me. So um, I have <laughs> I have um, actually Matt's um, his gambling picks. He's in a very weird gambling pool. He texted me today, and I didn't text him back. And good. Um, essentially, so I'll talk some smack on. Please, um, everybody. It's 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 our favorite thing to do, actually. Um, to where he got to choose. Let's see, about ten people, or sorry, twelve people, and the way that they're deciding a winner is his twelve people have to make the most money out of the purse. Okay. At the end of the weekend. To okay. me, I've never heard of anything like that whatsoever. I've done things like that. Okay. Okay. But now I'm going to destroy all of his picks. Please. Please. Um, There's Bryson. There's Zach Johnson. Are we doing this right now? I'm just reading them off to you. So well, you... yeah. Read them to me on the air. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh, we're on the air? Yeah, like I said, I just kind of I just kind of let it roll, and then whatever we, oh, yeah, I'm all in on that. Okay, perfect. So, um, he starts off with Bryson, then hits a Zach Johnson, and I'm gonna botch this next one. So, Yuzin uh, Lin, Ustazen? No, um, Y U X I N Lin. Oh, was that the guy that won? Yeah. Sure. He's only like 20. He's inc- a kid. That's incredible. Um, Patrick Why Reed, would he pick him? Bro, I <laughs> See, this is where we go. Now we get to now we get to roast him. Tell him that was a dumb pick. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see. Um He could pick any 12 players. I don't know that. 
it seems like you could. Because sometimes some of these that I do, they they break them down into categories based on world ranking. Okay. And uh, so that could be it. But anyhow, stupid pick no matter what. I, I don't care. I, I just don't care. <laughs> but I hope I eat my words. I hope I eat my words. Um, Probably not. I, I won't. Though. Yeah, but wait, that's not happening. Um, Patrick Reed after that. See, this is when I texted him because I think the guy is a good golfer. Obviously, there's there's no real doubt about it. I just don't like his personality. Well, he has a. I mean, so he's from Georgia. Um, got kicked off the University of Georgia golf team. Yeah, wasn't that the stealing? Whole caught cheating. Mm-hmm. Just just not well liked. And then you have another University of Georgia golfer, Kevin Kisner. Everyone loves him. Another one that everyone hates for the most part, former Masters champion Bubba Watson, two-time the, Masters champion. Of course, Matt did not pick either of those. He only went with Patrick Reed. Well, that that's on brand for Matt, though. <laughs> it's entirely on brand. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, let's see. Number five spot, he's got Scotty Scheffler. Like it. I like that one. All right, all right, Hilliard. Um Tyrell Hatton. Okay. Everyone, he's kind of, he wore a hoodie. Oh, so he's a so, golf course, okay. and people are, people are pissed off at him. So he's yeah. under 30. Yes. Uh, uh, no, actually, I don't think. Wow. Okay, that might be the most surprising part of that for me. Yeah, I don't think he is. Abraham Answer. What a name. Let's just start off. I mean. You oh, can... no, he's 29. He's 29. We're good. We're okay. All right, perfect. I can tell. Answer? Yeah, I can tell this Abraham fellow is he, – he, he grew up in the Bible Belt. There's got to be no doubt about that. I don't know who he is, but – He's from Mexico. Damn it. Actually. Nice try, though. Bible Belt of the South. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Um, next, he's got the Cooch. Okay. Um, the pick terrible that, pick, but okay. He, he, he set it up with another terrible pick um, in the fact that – it's very tough for anybody in any professional sport to win something back to back. And he's got Tiger on here. So I, I think it's really difficult for people to repeat. It's been done, but I think it's super but, tough. But if we're talking about <clears throat> you're picking 12 guys and the name of the game is grab as much cash as possible, I don't think it's a bad pick. Do I think he'll win this week? No. Okay. Well, by email words on that one too, but he's likely going to make the cut, taking the past several weeks off, and I don't think he he hasn't played since the Zozo. I don't think where he did not play well, but um, but taking the past couple of weeks off and refocus. Rarely plays poorly to Augusta. I think he'll probably he'll probably bring in some cash. Okay. Well, that's going to help the total then. Um, his last three. He's got Webb Simpson. He's got Xander Shoffley, who I actually, I don't hate that one. Um, and then he's got DJ rounding it out. So, um, I don't, overall, not bad. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, um, given your knowledge, saying um, saying that you know it might be defined by some world rankings here and there. Uh, I kind of feel like it is as I look at this because I could kind of stagger these 
Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see right your um, you know, your top ones in your first tier gonna be your Bryson, your DJ, and your P Reed. And then kind of your secondaries would be your Hatton at this point, because he's been hot lately. Tiger. Uh, I'm just going down the list here. Shoffley. Answer. Well, so um, since, you know, it's down south, and at least right now I saw the weather's pretty damn good down there. Um, Do you think that just because it's November, it's going to have any effect whatsoever? You know, I think if anything, it's probably going to play a little bit easier. I mean, my guess, I would would expect it to be a little bit softer out there. Um, but, But then at the other point, it has the ambition to be a little windier than, than we're used to seeing kind of down in Augusta in the springtime. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think they were getting some remnants from that, that storm that came through down, down through the South, uh, down in Florida the past couple of days. So I think it was a bit more blustery there than they're used to, but, um, I don't think it'll play entirely different. I think it'll, Augusta will still be, still be Augusta and, um, it'll be hopefully, an exciting competitive week. Yeah, that just the the fact that it's in November alone is wild to think about. But I I don't think that people care nearly as much because I think we're just happy to have it. Yeah, you know, in, in Cer- general, certainly, certainly, so, certainly. Um, also, I I feel bad for I I do and I don't. I I kind of feel bad for John Rom because this is his second day in a row that he's hit a hole in one in a practice round which means that you know he, he he's losing all the luck already before we even tee off you would think today was his birthday so Ooh. hbd john realm uh it was his birthday um you know i don't think he gets the w this week i think there are a few other guys out there i mean my my number one pick we haven't even mentioned yet and then i've got a couple of couple of dark horses too that i can reveal if you'd like me to but, uh, you know, I think he's competitive. I think he gets at least a top 10, um, but but I don't think he pulls out of Augusta this week. Not to say that he won't in the future. I think he will win a Masters, but um, I don't think I don't think 2020 is the year. But he could win one within the next six months. You never know. Okay. Well, uh, before you, you we... Tr- you turn right around, and we've got one here within six months. So it's I mean, gonna that's, be, um, that's incredible. We'll be back here before we know it. I know. Um, and that's also great to see that they're just going back. They're, mm-hmm. You know, it, it might... It, in kind of hindsight, it's going to be bittersweet for whoever wins it this weekend mm-hmm. because obviously they're going to be ecstatic that they have a green jacket, um, but they're, they're not, not going to keep it as long as they want. So Exactly. exactly. Um, so before we get to your dark horses, which I really do want to hear, what would be some of the things as an Uncle Rico dinner – if, if you were the former champion, you're hosting oh, wow. the dinner, what would be some of your favorite menu items that you'd be added in? Probably just, like, cheeseburgers and ice cream and maybe, like, some Miller Lite. Um, mozzarella sticks would probably make the cut. It's an incredible maybe choice. Some pota- maybe some potato skins. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, probably ice cream. Like, um... Some mint chip, perhaps. That seems very Augusty. Some dark green mint chip. 
Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, you know, won't be in that position. But uh, but what what would you go with? I was I, I was gonna you know I was gonna keep it at least thinking about it you know I definitely want to have some type of good beer, um, but I'd like to keep it simple. I you know just like steak and potatoes. I Mac and cheese. That would be an incredible. I mean, you are in Georgia, so you'd be able to get some incredible you know yeah. sides. I think that's there. on point. I think it's on point. Um, and I know that um. I know that Tiger this year he went with fajitas and sushi. So a little I saw bit, that he's trying to cover a that. few different tracks here. Um, it said a few desserts, but I actually didn't get a full chance to check out the menu. So I don't know what that means by a few desserts, but that's a it's a bold move. Who knows? Who knows? Um, you got to be a champion to find out. I su- I suppose so. Um, and then he ended up there is steak as well. So that mm. I that I do know. But, yeah, that's – I don't know. It's a good question, but uh, you are correct. We'll, re- we'll regroup on it in April. Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you a few months to think about it. Perfect. Uh, <coughs> may, maybe Taco Bell. Who knows? Just just, just pull a Ooh. Clemson at the White House and bring in fast food. There is a Hooters, <laughs> like, right outside the gates of Augusta National. <clears throat> For oh. what that's worth. <clears throat> okay, so that's where Nance hits up then. Yes, exactly. Okay, that, that's perfect. Nance and Daly. They've got it. I mean, everybody knows John Daly by name, but even if he was a yeah, a, a they room together. They they room together during Masters Week. They stay in JD's trailer together. It's you know quite a scene. That is fantastic. That's fan. I did I did not know that. That makes me. Oh, it's not true. But but I swear I'm going to run with it like it is though. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to now be telling everybody else that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I wanted to get some of your sleeper picks as well. So. My number one sleeper pick for this week is Matthew Fitzpatrick. I've uh, been playing relatively well lately. I um, think I might throw a few dollars down on him. Um, another guy that I like from an amateur perspective who mm-hmm. showed really well at the USAM, John Augenstein, who's from Kentucky, uh, goes to Vanderbilt, decided to come back for his senior year. So a uh, very, very solid player. And then, you know, been on a bit of a slump lately. I, I don't like to call this guy a sleeper, but based on how he's played so far in 2020, I, I think Ricky Fowler, hopefully some sort of a, a resurgence of some sort to get him back on track. He, he just dropped out of the top 50 of the world golf rankings and, and just really has not been performing well. So I'd say Fitzpatrick, Augustine, and Fowler would be kind of my three sleepers um, to win it this week, though. I think I think Rory finally seals the deal. He, uh, I mean, he's got everything going for him, you know, hasn't won super recently. And I think he's just going to be in, in the right place to take it home this week. You know, in a crowdless, fanless Augusta, um, I think he gets it done. So he's kind of, he's definitely not, I don't know exactly who else to kind of put in that group. But when you think of like younger golfers that are going to define the sport so when guys like tiger and phil they take their seat or they go to the senior tour or anything like that you think of guys like ricky and you think of jordan who's already got a green jacket mm-hmm. um other guys like bubba who's kind of in the middle he's a little bit older he's not as young as those guys but he'll still be around for a really long time um that having something like that on ricky's resume would hopefully you know 
bringing to the forefront of people's minds when they're thinking about who is going to be some of the faces of golf as we go. Because I think yeah. I think a lot of people are thinking Dustin. They're thinking Jordan um, and Ricky. Justin Thomas. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't think that Ricky's really at the forefront of people's minds because the, the hardware doesn't necessarily back it up, at least relatively to some of his other counterparts. So uh, I, I like yeah. that. I, I like that quite a bit. I'd I'd like to see it certainly, oh, but um, I, it'd really be incredible. Step it up, but um, and then another just always solid pick at, at Augusta. I think Justin Rose. Um, hopefully, hopefully he can get something going. I think the course suits his game very very well, and um, and maybe there's a chance. I know that Adam Scott, who may not have been a bad pick, as as well as Sergio, two former champions, had to withdraw due to COVID. So um, we'll be teeing it up this week, you know, two champions here within the past decade, um, n- neither of whom will be teeing it up this week, unfortunately. Well, so now that we've got your sleepers, what are some of the people that you expect when we're on the back half of Sunday afternoon? Who do you expect to be at the top of the leaderboard? Yeah, I definitely see Justin Thomas there. Like I said earlier, I think I see Rory there, and I think it would be, I think it would be difficult to count a couple guys like John Rahm out. Um, I think it would also be pretty difficult to to say Bryson or DJ are going to be out of it. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think those will be the five guys at the top, but just the way their games are trending, and I think you know they've had an extra six months to kind of gear up for this. Um, which is, I think, you know, a big focus for a lot of these guys. The year kind of revolves around the Masters. Uh, so I think I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to run away with it. I'd be pretty surprised if that was the case. Well, I mean, nobody running away with it makes for an incredible Saturday, an incredible Sunday. So yeah. um, I'm definitely hopeful in that, in that sense for you. So um, yeah. I know I'm going to be watching. I've got nothing going on this weekend, so – I'm going to start dipping the toe Thursday and Friday, get myself get myself ready for it. But um, it's just one of those things where um, it's it seems like it's different. It's almost on, on like another plane than a lot yeah. of these other majors that we've got. I don't know. People seem to treat it with a whole other level of reverence, respect. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, maybe it's the traditions, maybe it's like the lineage of champions, but there's always just something different that I can't necessarily put my finger on, um, when it comes to Augusta and that's what makes it so damn awesome. It's, it's just the masters. It's just different, right? It it is different. It's different. Uh, uncle, yeah, let's, let's have a recap when this is all said and done and we'll, we'll roast Hilliard on his picks a little bit more. That would be incredible. I think that that's yeah. only fitting, frankly. Um, I think so, too. And then we will be back in April, thankfully. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Well, Uncle Rico, I greatly appreciate you taking these 20 minutes, not only for us, but for everybody that's listening. And a uh, we will make sure to keep track of everybody's underdogs and who we've got high at the list. So Certainly, certainly. Thanks for having me on. We'll stay in touch, all right? Of course. Bye, buddy. All right. Thanks. Bye. To me, the only thing that you're an imposter of is a good college football coach. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. 
yeah, you playing NCAA 14 and you go undefeated and yet your um, best player is not even sent to New York for the Heisman. He was sent to New York for the Heisman. They do top three. Okay, they switched it to top three. They used to do top five. Mm, okay, so then back then in the olden days, he was sent to New York. Okay, Correct. Well, not my day. What's his oh. name? Uh, his name was Joe Blake. It's an incredibly quarterbacky name. He was, he was drafted in the first round. Um, it doesn't tell me where, unfortunately, but he I, he was drafted in the first round. That's wild that they wouldn't tell you that. No, it just tells you what round. It doesn't tell you what selection, which I get because, like, you know, you can't really, like, predict that stuff, but it's like you could just throw a number for me to be fun. Yeah, and, I mean, that thing can probably run thousands of simulations. I don't know. Okay, we have a ton to talk about today, um, but I want to start off because for those of you that are listening now, first off, welcome back to the regularly scheduled programming, but also um, we just got off the phone with Uncle Rico. Now we are here. and so You we're call gonna him con- Uncle Rico? Yes, we are going to <laughs> um, continue the Masters talk. Because I think that that's very important. And plus, this is going to be out on the airwaves today. Um, and I think that it would be great. It'll be beneficial to all of you at home who are trying to figure out, like Bookie Greg and I are currently doing, uh, at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, of who to bet in the Masters. Now, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I proposed a prop bet. And it, it doesn't exist anywhere, just in my own dumb brain. Um did you tweet it from the account, or did you tweet did. it from yourself? I did. It was a poll, and I tweeted it from it. the account. 99% of my tweets come from that now, so because um, nobody cares what my actual opinions are. And then I put up a poll, and I said— Oh, I voted wrong then. I voted wrong. Ooh, I voted wrong. Okay. Uh, why don't, why don't I, you— I would like to re-vote. Why— there should be a resend vote. Um, uh, I wanna, I wanna revote. Okay, well, I'm gonna explain the poll verbally, and then I want you to tell me what you voted wrong, and then why it's wrong. So, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, at dh underscore podcast, Twitter, Instagram. I don't want Facebook, so I'm staying away from it. Um, and I'm not cool enough for TikTok, so there you go. How about that? I asked if, you, and you were forced into this prop bet, so. The prop bet is about the longest drive throughout the weekend. So who, which golfer will have the longest drive of the weekend? Now, you can either take Bryson DeChambeau or you can take the field. But I said, in this case, you could only take the field. Would you still take that prop bet? Because there's a lot of golfers. But with the numbers that we also saw, tweeted from the account, that even with a... Seven iron, even with a pitching wedge. I mean, Bryson is hitting it as far and farther, much farther, actually, than I hit my driver. So what did you vote, and why is it wrong? So I originally voted that, um, yes, I like the odds. Um, And I I think it's wrong because, um, now this is just me being annoying, um... Bryson has taken the last month off and he, and not off in the sense that like he stopped playing golf, but he's taken the last month off from touring. So he's just been playing at his practice course or wherever he plays. 
um, in the off season for the last yes. month and quote unquote bulking up. He's already um, bulked up. Right. So, you know, if, if you look at the statistics that are available on the Google machine, um, the longest drive in tw- in for the PGA Tour in 2020 right now belongs to Shane Lowry at 417 yards. That's incredible. That is incredible. And that was updated a month ago. Um, so that's to me that's that's what I'm looking at. But you also have to pay attention to guys won't take much risks at the Masters because of the way that the the way that the course is designed. Um. So it's one of those things where you kind of have to look at it and, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, Justin Thomas is the longest drive this year at 449, and DeChambeau is at 428. I don't know why he showed me the wrong thing before. Just an FYI for those people, um, a reminder, that is uh, one of Uncle Rico's favorites for this weekend. Who, Justin Thomas? Yes. Not surprised. Um, So... So to me, yes, there are people who can bomb the thing down the fairway. I just don't know necessarily if they will take risks in doing so. And I think Bryson is going to take some risks this weekend because I feel like he can overcome it with his wedge game. Um, now, if you saw it and you saw his comments that came out a couple of days ago uh, about what club he would use as his second club, he gave you a list from 1, 2, 3, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13, 15, and 17, and all of them were either a 7-iron or lower. Yes. And we're talking this entire list is par three, par 4s and par 5s. And the longest hole at the Masters is the number 8, and it's, oh, I'm sorry, the number 2, and it's 575, and he said his second job was going to be an 8-iron. Do you think you could hit, do you think you could hit, not, if, I, if I were to put the number at 9.5 for you to play that, what is that, 575 you said? Mm-hmm. Could you get nine or under? Yes, I think I could as well. I I think I think most people could get a nine or nine or under. It's just it depends on the greens, for me at least. I can definitely get to the green ish area in regulation. So probably like three four shots. I don't know if I can get it in in five. I probably would. It probably would take me like six or seven. Yeah, I've had plenty of times where you know I get there. And, you know, I'm setting up nicely for a par, and then I three-putt it because I'm dumb. Yeah. But, so that's why that's why we asked the question. So, I originally said, yes, I like the odds. I'm leaning towards no now, just based on the facts that I know about Bryson. Um, I would still take Bryson to have the longest drive of the entire weekend. I would agree. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him. But um, it's kind of that cockiness that he has. And it's not necessarily bad if you're in a competitive environment. Like, you know, we ask our professional athletes at the highest level to be competitive so that we can get the best product. Um, so I'm not blaming him by any case in point. But, a, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely got those a, uh, cojones where he wants to take that risk. And I definitely think that he will. I think you will too. So, so I'm I'm disappointed that I missed the conversation with Uncle Rico, or as I call I call him Two Chains. So the fact that you call him Uncle Rico is kind of funny. Um, but um, you know, I I was gonna ask him. Um, I'm doing a uh, a pool where basically the the um amount 
of prize money that your participants earn is added up all together, and then whoever has the most money wins. Yes, and for those of you, you know, here, you already know what's Matt what Matt's picks are. So if you want, Matt, can you explain how the decision process went, why you picked certain players, what were the parameters behind this um, contest? Sure. So so I'm just going to walk it through it um, one by one. I actually did. I'm not going to lie with you. I did change a pick this morning. Um, Collusion. As we're talking. So I just dated the, the interview with Uncle Rico. So I apologize. Um, so basically, you had to pick two, and it was called thoroughbreds. So it's, you know, the top guys who everyone thinks is going to win. Brooks, Bryson, Colin, Dustin, uh, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Roy McIlroy. Um, I believe on the pod I said I picked JT and Bryson. Or did I pick DJ? When? Yesterday. Uh, no, we just listed off your your 12. Right, right. So I picked Dustin Johnson, right? Yesterday? Um, let me check. Yes. yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm looking at it right now. I yeah, I picked Dustin Johnson. I'm actually changing that pick to Rory McIlroy. Boo. That's fine. That's fine. You can boo me all you want. That's fine. He did not know what Saturdays were for. Just saying. That's fine. Um, I just I know what to expect from Rory when it's wet and when it's murky, and that's what this weekend is going to be, and that's why I think that he's going to rise above the rest. Um, so now we get into the tougher ones. So the tougher ones were you always had to pick a bridesmaid, and you had to pick one. So they gave you a list of people, and you could only pick one. And this is where kind of I lost a little bit of sleep because it was Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantley, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, and Xander Shoffley. Um, I went with Xander Shoffley. I think that Shoffley's been playing really good golf as of late, and um, I think it'll translate very well um, to the Masters surface. I I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, it sucks that he had to go up against uh, Finau because I am also a huge Tony fan. I, I am too. So honestly, for me, it, it came down to Cantley, Finau, and Xander, and I felt like Xander just had the most upside, so I went with Xander. Um, so three was the remember when section you had to pick between Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. I felt like this was pretty self-explanatory and going with Tiger Woods. Yeah, because especially lately, um, I don't know what has happened or how it's happened, but, um, yeah, Jordan is just, honestly, I I, I think word, but. I think the pandemic hurt Jordan the most because Jordan, I think Jordan and Rory really feed off the crowd. And while Jordan goes higher and Rory sinks, they've definitely kind of done the opposite here where Rory has done better without crowds because he doesn't really get into his own head. And Jordan has sank because there's no energy that he can build off of from other people. Okay. Well, yeah. And it's also because people like him better. Correct. Like a lot. Um, so then we hit one-hit wonders, and this was also a very tough category for me. You had Adam Scott, Bubba Watson, Jason Day, Justin Rose, and Louis Aysen. Louis Usazen, along with Webb Simpson. I picked Webb Simpson. Um, I think that Webb has been strong this year um, compared to the other guys that are there. Um, I know Louis came in tied for 55th in the last tournament that was played, so that was a little bit of a different um, – I was a little bit hesitant going against Louis, but – Webb's just been strong since the, since we've come out of the quote-unquote hiatus. And um, 
you know, I, I, I think he will finish higher. Than it's expected. always it's always tough to go against Rose, though. Always, tough. it's true. It is always tough to go against Rose. Um, but at the end of the day, I decided to go Webb. Um, so then we hit one hit wonders part two. Um, you had Charles Schwartzel, Danny Willett, Francesco Molinari, Gary Woodland, Hedrick Stenson, Patrick Reed, Shane Lowry, and Sergio Garcia. Um, I went Patrick Reed here. Um, I think out of all of the guys that were named, um, Reed has been the more consistent one. Shane Lowry has a lot of upside, and Sergio Garcia was also going to be a pick for me, but he withdrew. So I decided to just go with Patrick Reed because he's the safest choice. Out you of that. should be happy he withdrew then if you were going to make that pick. Uh, I think Patrick Reed's in a, a great villain pick. I agree. I agree. I'm very happy that he's that, always going to bring something. We hope home. we hope for the best for Sergio, but for my decision making, I was very happy that Sergio decided to um, that Sergio withdrew. Mm-hmm. Um, now we hit the British are coming selection of the choices. Um, uh, Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Matt Wallace, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Paul Casey, and Tyrell Hatton. I went Tyrell Hatton here. I think he's been very strong as of late. He's been in every tournament that they've played. Um, and he's, he's just been consistent since the pandemic. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my tune and going with consistency and I think it'll help him. Yeah, definitely. And of, um, that is also a big favorite of Rico's. Um, some guys was the tough one. Because you got a whole bunch of guys, and then you have Matt Kuchar. Um, you have Billy Horsell, Brant Snedeker, Brandon, uh, Brandon Todd, Charles Howell, Jason Crocker, Cro- Crack, excuse me, uh, Jimmy Walker, I mixed those two, uh, Kevin Kisner, Lan- uh, Lanto Griffin, Max Kuchar, and Max Homa. I went Max Kuchar. Um, it was really between Kuchar and Homa for me because I like Homa. I think he's done pretty well over, as of late. Um, but Kucher is the veteran. I think he's more consistent uh, in this spot. See, so that's the direction I went. I, I think you made an incredible choice. I love Homa as a person, um, but especially without crowds. Um, I'm going to kind of take your point here. You know, I've been seeing him. Uh, you know, I don't have cable, so I don't get to watch a lot of these. But um, I see him posting, and he's like, you know, didn't come nearly close to where we wanted to this week. It seemed to be more and more often here in 2020. So, um, it'll be a really, really big weekend for him um, to kind of right the ship. But mm-hmm. if we're using 2020 as any history, uh, that wouldn't be a great, great pick. So yeah. I think you made a great pick, though. I think yours uh, is very solid. Um, then we hit international love. Um, this one was also tough for me because there's a guy in here um, who Bookie Greg will know that I have bet on numerous times to win a tournament since uh, we've come out of lockdown. And he has not won once. In fact, he has probably done the exact opposite of winning, which is lose himself tournaments. Um, so I'm going to go uh, Abraham Answer, Bernard Weisberger, um, Cam Smith, Christian uh, Boozen. I can't even pronounce that. Uh, Eric Van Ruin, Jazz, Jazz of Wanhand. Don't even know how to pronounce that one either. Um, Mark Leishman, uh, Rafael Cabrera, Cabela, uh, Cabrera Bello. Uh, Siwoo Kim, Sunjay M, and Victor Perez. I've always been a Sunjay M guy, but I'm going away from him in this tournament. I'm going Abe Answer. Um, he's been very strong since we've come out. Um, he has a ton of top 20 finishes, and I think that's going to continue uh, in the Masters. He is um, He's going to actually screw you because the one time that you don't bet for him. Sunjay M? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, probably. Yeah. It, it's probably. Just how that's, you that's, work. that's how it goes. That's how it goes. So probably. Um. Then we go. Then we go to the one that was the easiest choice for me, 
Um, we've won this tournament before. You have Bernard Langer, Frank, Freddie Couples, VJ Singh, and Zach Johnson. This was the easiest choice I could have made in my life. Couldn't I went with more. Zach Johnson. I went Zach Johnson. Easiest choice I've ever made with my life. Now, I, I don't know if Uncle Rico um, understood who was in that before, and I, he probably trashed me for my Zach Johnson pick, um, but that's who he was up against, and it was very easy to go with Zach Johnson. No, it was um, it was your like across the sea pick or whatever that was uh, not well liked. The international love. Yes. He didn't like Gabe answer. Um, no, it was um, using Lynn. Oh, oh, oh. Or maybe okay, we're hold on. There. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get okay, there. Okay, let's we're hit that now. There. We're gonna hit that now. Okay. Um, so he was actually in the uh, <laughs> in the category of old fucks and amateurs. So you have Abel Galagos, Andy Ogletree, uh, James Serge, uh, Jose Maria uh, Olzabal, Lucas Michelle, um, Mike Weir, Sandy Lyle, and uh, Yuxin Lin. First off, good job not going with an old person. Thank you. That was the correct thing. Thank you. Secondly, I'll be honest with you people, I have no idea who the hell any of those people are, so I have no opinion. Who did Uncle Rico say? Uh, he didn't know who else was available, so he didn't He didn't make any, you know, there, there were no, um, he just, there, Right, I just gave you the picks and I didn't tell you what was involved, which is why I was hoping to get Uncle Rico on the pod. Well, I could have joined Uncle Rico, but I did not. Um, so, that's why I went with Yuxin. Um, I felt that, um, he was getting a lot of buzz, um, on the internet for being an amateur. People thought that he was going to play better than how it was presented. And, uh, I went away from Ogletree because Ogletree is playing with Tiger. And I think that might, uh, affect some amateurs. It would definitely affect me. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and then the last one that we have here is, uh, the young Americans and it was Cam Champ, uh, Matthew Wolf and Scotty Sheffley. Uh, I went with Sheffley with Scheffler, um, but I was I could have gone with all three, to be honest with you. I kind of wish I was able to go with all three. Yeah, I definitely think you would have traded out a few of them to get both, to get the, the other two in there. I agree. But that's where that's where we stand. And, um, you know, uh, my, my team name is Light the Candle. If you don't know where that's from, look it up. Yeah, look it up. You don't know where it's from, do you? He doesn't know. What do you mean? Why Why do you think I don't know what that means? Because. You know where it's from? It's probably like some birthday card dumb shit. Nope. Nope. Um, well, it's definitely going to be a golf term. boy. No, it's not a golf term. Um... It, it oh, just, it's got to be. Um, oh, come on! I'm wrecking my. It's got to be. It's got to be something dumb, like uh, similar to like Baba Booey, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly it. My my t- my choices, honestly, were between um, uh, light the candle and mashed potatoes, and I took light the candle. It, it sounds better. Mashed potatoes, I think, is slightly more well known. <laughs> now, is that a is that like just some random dude that saying like? Says it for everybody, or is he following a certain player? He was following Tiger. Oh hell yeah! Okay, <laughs> I like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, so so to finish out my Masters portion of the program, 
Um, I have decided that with Bookie Greg's um, well-placed uh, opinions, um, I'm going to go John Rahm to win round one of the uh, Masters Tournament at a price of plus 1600 and I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy to win the entire thing at plus 1300 I'm staying. I, I, I'm fading Bryson on the board um, because I don't like his price personally. I think that plus eight hundred is a little high um, for him. I, I think that he, or it's a little low for him. I think that he's probably better off in the in the plus a thousand range for for a W from him. And uh, McElroy's was plus thirteen hundred, and uh, I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't resist. That makes perfect sense. Um, I love riding the hot hand in John Rahm. Um, I know that a lot of money is going to him now after back-to-back hole-in-ones, but um, hopefully he didn't lose all the magic. I uh, all all I all I do know about John Rahm is that in his last eight opening rounds of a major, um, he has uh, gone under par or hit par in all eight. So. That's why, I, that's why I'm feeling that that streak will continue and he'll lead after day one. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, I asked Rico this yesterday. Um, well, you know what I mean. And I want to hear it from you. You have won the Masters. You have the green jacket. It's now the next year. What are going to be some things that you're serving at dinner? Oh, I th- I had a feeling that this was where that question was going. Incredible. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I loved what Tiger put together. Um, a wild array of things, though. It is, but it's a nice it's a nice mixture, right? You have to have a you have to have a meat and you have to have a fish. So you know, sushi and fajitas makes makes perfect sense for everybody. Um, if I had to pick one, ooh, uh, truthfully. Um, and this is going to be some insider, uh, insider, inside the 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 flyer cap uh, information for everybody. I would ship in Pine Club. Wow. Okay. And and do steaks from Pine Club. A, a date and delicacy for. And then and then I'd get lobster. That's what I would do. I think I think I would. Well, I obviously. If you've never had Pine Club or don't know what it is, go look it up. You can only pay in cash. It is it is a gem. It's it's my father's favorite restaurant A and B. Um, I I need to go back. Yeah, I mean they towed my car so they go to hell for on this end over here. But I mean I I paid I frankly paid more for the meal than I did for the car towing. But um, I guess I guess you could take that as you will. Um, I think for me, I would have to do something southern. I mean, Augusta's in Georgia. It's I, I I would need some sort of you know good hearty Southern cooking, and I love the surf and turf. I think it's great. Um, so some type of sirloin um, would definitely be you know maybe even tomahawks, t bones. That mm. could be the meat. You know whatever whatever people are choosing. Um, but yeah. Fish is different. I love crab cakes. Um, I think it's a lot easier to go with lobster because you can put lobster in almost anything. You can do lobster mac and cheese. You can do, you know, lobster bisque. There's there's so many different things you can hit with it. Yep, there are. No you do salads. lobster tacos. You could do lobster tacos. Yes, agreed. See? No See salads. No, no salads. 
No salads. If you want a salad, um, go somewhere else. Um, <clears throat> so that's where I am. I, um, I'm disappointed um, that uh, Uncle Rico did not like my picks um, that much, but, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to prove some people wrong, he said, hopefully. We said, oh, so hopefully. What is the, what is the purse for your bet? Uh, for which one? Because I'm making multiple here. Um, for light the candle. Um, so I believe it's going to depend on how many people enter. They have until tonight at 11, I believe, to enter. Um, so as of now, truthfully, um, I don't know how many people are in. I can get that answer for you in 30 seconds. Um, or uh, at least, you know, while you're doing that, how much was your buy-in? So there's a twenty dollar buy-in, and there's sixteen people. Man, somebody needs to do some better advertising. Three hundred and twenty bucks. Get a few thousand people in there. This was like this was like a a a short group of people. This was not a um, a wide um, a wide collection. Okay. This is like this is like an inner circle. This is not a. This is not a. This is not a. You know. Let's all go out into the club here. So um, the other reason uh, why I picked uh, Rory to win the Masters is um, FanDuel, sponsored the pod, um, has decided um, that they're going to do a, uh, a spin the wheel for every birdie. And you can win up to like, I think it's like five bucks per birdie. And um, the max that you can get back is 50. So, you know, if Rory gets as many birdies as he's had, it'll be helpful. Because Rory's big problem is that he shoots well, he shoots the same – he shoots equal birdies as he, does, as he does bogeys. So it's not that he doesn't get himself to the green or anything like that. Like, he will shoot a lot of birdies, but he's just – he will also shoot a lot of bogeys. I believe that's so, what we in the business call par. Well, he shoots – you know, under par, but it's, you know, when you have five birdies and, you know, two bogeys, it brings you down. So. That it does. That I'm, it I'm does. banking on his amount of birdies. That's what I'm banking on. Regardless, I'm excited to see the foliage at Augusta. I think it's going to be just aesthetically pleasing. Um, and Me I too. know that we are sticking with April. April is a master's tradition. It will always be that way, even next year. But. Especially with this, uh, we it's not often we'll get this weather in November like we're having now. But I think we've got, you know, the weather gods, the golf gods are all, you know, shaking hands, having fun. Because um, it's going to be looking great, especially with the fall approaching. Is and it? I thought there was a hurricane down there. I hadn't heard much about weather delays, or at least that we're going to be affecting Augusta. So I know it's supposed to rain there all some, day tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Well, let's see. I know it's supposed to be raining there all day tomorrow. There's a hurricane there right now. Friday, Saturday, Sunday are all mid-high 70s. And no wind, no rain, no nothing. So, yes, whole, or excuse me, round one. We'll be seeing a mix of rain and thunderstorms. But let's see exactly hour by hour. 
No, I don't care about this. You asked for hour did, by how, hour. No, how does weather.com have ads? What the hell is this? Um, they have to make money somehow. Thank you. You know, that's your that's your biggest problem. They gotta make money. Okay, so then while everybody's teeing off, there will be no rain. The rain's supposed to come in the afternoon. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That we shall. Hoping for as little as possible. It would give people like Rory a, a like a leg up though. That's what I'm. That's what I was thinking on. Was that you know the bad weather day one? Hopefully would help him say, get into a nice spot, get into a nice spot, and then he'll he'll go from there because you know there also won't be any fans. That's what I was hoping for. So we'll see. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like CBS really paid attention to the golf or not the golf to the weather channel because they say throughout the weekend. Um, yeah. No, the as since they published this, yes. weather weather changes. Weather is a yeah. fickle bitch. It is. It's been over twenty four hours. So CBS is slightly outdated. Maybe they'll adjust. Who knows, Kyle Porter? Um, yeah, that is that is my golf talk that I had. Sweet. All right, um, got, I'd like have... to publicly apologize. <laughs> We've got a ton of stuff though. I'd like to apologize for my performance last week. Um, didn't really help anybody. Didn't really help myself. Um, the teaser that I offered didn't hit at all. The uh, the backup teaser that I offered didn't hit at all. Just uh, just a bad week for for the guys. I mean, if you think weather's a fickle bitch, then what is go- or then what is gambling? Um, the fickleest. I don't. I don't want to answer that. I have a different saying. Okay, sounds good. Um, I have. I have a lot of. Before we get into football, um, do you want to cover baseball or basketball first? I will cover. Let's do baseball. Let's get baseball out of the way. Okay. Um, that's. I feel like I feel like we're just gonna make fun of Tony and and uh, Alex. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're so right. <laughs> I try. I mean, come on, Tony Larusa, come on. That is. Um, it's just one of those things where you read it and it is so fun. So, for those of you that you know haven't seen the transcript, an absolute you know, what is it, Jeff Jeff Passan? Pass on, yes. Jeff Pass. Pass and missile. That he he somehow because he's a genius obtained. Don't you the, mean a pass and massel? I mean it could be. He goes, I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. I'm legit. Yeah. I'm a Hall of Famer brother, and it sounds like that's Hulk Hogan. He just took Hulk Hogan. You're trying to embarrass me. I advise Larusa that I will not embarrass him, and he would be treated with utmost respect. It is incredible. I mean, look, if if I was in his shoes, I obviously wouldn't have said the same thing that he did. Um, but you know, I, I would I would give a n- wink, give a nice little nudge to the to the ring that's on my finger that I always wear. Um, 
But, you know, um, you know, Tony LaRusso is an impressive person, I guess. It's really the only thing that I can say. He's just he's just an impressive person. What's this second one in as many months or something like that? I, I think so because it was um, he was arrested on suspicion of DUI in February, but he was officially charged with it a day before the team hired him. Yeah. So, you know, it's just impressive at this point. Now, the White Sox clearly knew about this. So yes. they, they at some point knew that this was going to come out, and they're taking their lumps, and by taking their lumps, they're just hiding under the rock, waiting for it to die down. Hopefully some crazier things will happen to completely bury this under the lead. Um, they're a business, so they can choose to fire him um, if they Which want. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, to be honest with you. Not that I'm rooting for it, because I think Tony Larusa is a is a intriguing choice in this day and age for baseball for a baseball manager. Um, I wouldn't entirely be surprised if they did. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's going to be a lot. Um, yes. And they said that you know the White Sox have said that he is in no danger of losing his job or frankly any discipline. By the club, which is a little surprising. At least the at least the discipline part. So, yeah. I don't know of anything that will come out of this besides incredible memes. That's pretty much about all that you know I can think of it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, more memes. Well, then who who else were you talking about when when you were talking about uh, MLB? Oh, I was saying Steve Cohen. Oh. You want to talk about how to make news. Look, he's, I, he's, he did a press conference 24 hours ago, and in that time he already got Marcus Stroman to sign on board. That's pretty incredible to me. Yeah. Um, I think that – I truly think that the Wilpons are bad people. No. And, like, uh, uh, they're greedy. Everybody is. Every owner's greedy. I get it. I just truly believe – that they couldn't give a shit about any of the fans whatsoever. You don't say. I mean, you have plenty of owners that do. Like, as much as I rag on Jerry, and he's fun to make fun of, he cares about the people on his roster. He truly does. And he wants the best for the the Cowboys. You don't say someone being a... Someone being greedy, holy. Someone being a terrible, terrible general manager and owner. You don't say. I know. I know that I'm making waves by stating this. Um, the, the nerve. But all of these rumors about Steve Cohen are almost like folklore to where, you know, he's been talking up, uh, you know, people have, you know, heard whispers around, you know, him talking up, you know, that he's going, that, you know, he shows people his bank account, and he's like, do you think I have any problem spending this money to go get people? We're going to go get people. Like, stuff like that. And clearly he's already showing it because Marcus Stroman. But the great thing about the Mets is that they've already got an incredible young core. But, you know, when you're only talking like three, maybe four players max to start that young core, it's that's a lot of room left to be desired, whether it's in the bullpen or on the field. So I... If, if I'm a Mets fan, 
the day of his press conference and the day of his hiring would probably be tied for second best day ever as a Mets fan. Do you what, know what number what, one will be? What what length of time are you referring to when you say second best day? Ever? Um, No. No, I mean, I guess I can't say ever. I was going to say the, the, the one was Bill Buckner. Number one had to have been Bill Buckner Day. Um, I think there's been others. I think that, you know, there are things that Mets fans enjoy, and I have several in my family um, okay. that enjoy their day. Um, yeah, I mean, I also love Bartolo Colon hitting a home run, but, I mean, that's not. <laughs> this is this, this took a turn. Um, no, I, I, look, I mean, though. look, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about a franchise that has been um, – cheap that has been in money issues that has uh trusted the wrong people for years and you know it took you know they, they've tried to sell the team before they weaseled their way out of it and then they tried it again and weaseled their way out of it again and now they finally sold it so if you're a Mets fan the first thing that you should be doing is thanking whoever you pray to that the Wilpons are finally gone because they look they got they they got scammed by Bernie Madoff. They got scammed by uh, whoever agent is of Bobby Vanilla. Um, no, that they was have, that was just genius. They I, have been scammed forever. So you know, uh, look, I don't know what the, what Steve Cohen is going to do as an owner. I really don't, and I don't think anybody does. Uh, uh, will he make the Mets competitive? Obviously, he can because he has the amount of money. Um, Will he? I don't know because, you know, he has to change the overall image of the Mets franchise because I don't think the Mets franchise has an overall positive image in the world. So, look, they have a great um, they have a great new uh, coach. They have a great president in Sandy Alderson who is widely respected in the MLB. Um, but they still had, you know, guys that were um, – they still had guys that were – What's the best way I can phrase this? They they still had guys that were weasels, and uh, they needed to to kind of clear house and and figure themselves out, and that's what they're doing, and that's what they did, and 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 hopefully, um, they're it's for the better for them. I truly think that he's already working on this rebuilding, reculturing as quickly as he can. Yeah, I think he is too, and I think you know he he already it's gonna, cleaned it's, front office. It's going to be interesting to see what this front office structure is going to be because I know Sandy wants to be involved in the baseball decisions, um, but he's overall the team president, so he's in charge of the business side too. Um, you know, he I know he wants to be involved in baseball decisions, and I know that he uh, that Steve wants to be involved in baseball decisions. So I, I I'm very curious to see the front office structure that they're going to have going forward. I think. You know, and maybe it's because I'm so in the sports world, but I think that they're already, you know, a weekend, and they're already doing a great job of this rebranding um, because, you know, they can offer people. They're like, hey, I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure of it, that people never came to New York because of the Wilpons, and rightfully so. I think it's a, I think it's a smart move, especially for somebody's career, that you want you want a front office and you want an ownership that backs you. But yep. for me, I think that getting the Wilpons out 
already, you know, erases a ton of the damage. And if you get a few guys to buy in, and, you know, let's just say the Mets are competitive. Maybe they, you know, they lose the wild card series next next year. That That's that's a step in the right direction. And players can now look at that and they can say, all right, this is not a perfect team. This is not, you know, Kevin Durant now joining the Warriors. This is I can be a part of something, and I get to do it in New York. Because I think that New York is an incredible selling point in itself. But then having those people up the chain were a great way to just screw over all the positive benefits that they had previously had. So uh, that's why I think it's not going to take much at all for this thing, for this ship to move. I mean, we're also talking about a franchise that went to the World Series in, what, 2014? Right? It was 2014. No. Was it 2015? Yes, because yeah. So we're talking about a franchise that's five years removed from going to the World Series, and they are just as bad as they were before they went to the World Series. Does so, anybody remember that the Royals won the World Series? They should now that I mentioned 2015. But I mean, look, like that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about two franchises that you know sucked, and then in 2014 they you know they they hit fire, and then after that they sucked again. And also, I totally forgot about this, but now that I'm racking my head, my dad's a huge Giants fan, so obviously the the beginning of the last decade was incredible for him. Um, But I completely forgot out of my psyche that the Royals went back-to-back World Series appearances. Yes. Lost the first one in 14 to the end of the Giants dynasty and then won the second one. And then they tried to... And then everyone thought that it would be... uh... Everyone thought that uh, it would uh, translate to the Mets as well, and that did not happen. Yeah, no, and I, I also don't think that the Dodgers will make the World Series this season. Uh, we're, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't know why. I don't know why it's really tough to get back there, man, especially after, I, especially like it after is. a I'm not, win. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that, but they've also been to three in a row, right? Like, and they lost to them. Three of the last four. So Yes. So, you know, we're let's not let's not write them off because, you know, we've been writing them off for how long now and then they finally won. Oh, I I've, I've never they've written been, them. They've I've just never they've just been off. around. That's the problem. I once they got Mookie, I thought that that was I thought World Series appearance at minimum was signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. At least at least that's the way that I felt about it because I think that, you know, he was a, you know, you bring Joe Kelly in you bring Mookie Betts in. These guys have both won championships before. They come from that kind of, and I hate the word pedigree, but it is very popular of a word to use. Um, but they're also, the expertise and the experience has got to be helpful for a situation like that to where you have um, Clayton Kershaw, who also finally, you know, I don't know if he completely broke his stigma. I think he did, at least in my own brain. But I'm sure that there are some people out there that disagree with me, and that's okay. You're wrong. I get it. Um, but it took him until you know now to break that curse that he had. I mean, yeah, it, it you know, it it also, took a long time. It took a long, long time, and I think they're still figuring it out. 
if you are, and I don't know who the owner is, if you are the owner in Tampa Bay, are you getting rid of Kevin Cash? No. And why? Um, well, because there was, as we've seen, let's call it the last three years, in one sport there has been a coach that was named Coach of the Year and was fired by the team. Um, it was Rick Renteria this year for the White Sox. It was uh, Paul Casey last year or the year before for the Raptors. And then last year was somebody in the, in the NHL. So that trend continues. That Raptors annoying. one was crazy because after he was fired and already rehired by another organization, they still... He was, he was, he was, he was named Coach of the Year. Yeah, and when they gave him a shout-out, they were like, congrats, Coach. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? You just fired him. That was their social team, I guess, but still, you get it. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, so no firing Kevin Cash. No. They brought they brought Kevin there for a reason. That was Blake Snell that he pulled, correct? Yes. I legitimately think, and maybe this is because this is my like guy brain, Kevin or not Blake Snell deserved every right to punch him so hard in the face. It's unreal. Obviously, uh, obviously he didn't, or we would have heard about it, just like J.R. Smith throwing hot soup. But I I think in that high-intensity situation, you're back there. Everybody's you know in a terrible mood because you just lost. You're livid because you got pulled and you didn't want to get pulled. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the consequences of that, you know, unfolded, unfortunately, for Rays fans. And I... If I was Kevin Cash and Blake Snell punched me, I would just been like, I deserve that. That's okay. You know, I I realize I, I it's a weird mix because I'm I am also a believer in, you know, continuing to do what got you there. You know, there's a reason why you're in the World Series. It's because you're an incredibly talented team. But like I, maybe Game Seven's different. I don't know. Maybe maybe something's different about Game Seven when you're in the World Series. So I don't know. If Blake Snell popped him. I don't think I'd be mad. I mean, I don't think I don't think anyone would be mad or blame him. But you know, should he? No, I don't think so. I think he he under he. He plays for that team, and they he understands the process of that team. Do they? Does he wish it went a little differently? Obviously, but you know. I think I think Alex Cora worded it best. He said, "You know, you, you make managers make decisions based on everything that is presented in front of them and all the information that they have, and some trust the analytics more than they trust their guts. And you know, they they it needs to be a nice mixture of both." Yeah, and obviously, if the tables were turned, they won. We'd be like, "Wow, that was an absolute genius move by Kevin Cash over there, right?" Yeah, obviously. Um, we also haven't talked about it. You just mentioned him. The King is back. The King is back. And I'm happy for it. Every, I, I, I see it randomly. I see Red Sox fan being like, I hate this. They get buried and ratioed into the sun. Well, I think, I think it's a little, I think it's a little, uh, you know, it's, it's a coming to, coming to, to Jesus moment for everybody. Right. Cause you know, we're talking about a, we're talking about a, a manager who, is widely popular um, in this group of people, 
and um and by these group of people I call Red Sox fans. Um, but he did something that is, you know, not necessarily a gray area, but just things that people wouldn't do. And, um, you know, he, I think that he's learned his lesson. I think he learned his lesson even before, uh, he got suspended. I think he knew that it was a bad idea. And, um, you know, as, as the facts have shown, he did nothing with the Red Sox and had no role with the Red Sox in their quote unquote cheating scandals. Um, so Look, I think he understands that this is his, this this really is his last strike. So uh, I'm I'm on board for a rehab image, and I'm on board to to get some of these guys who haven't necess- who didn't necessarily play well last year, but played well under him um, to play well next year. So yeah, I th- I think that a huge uh, I mean a couple things. I think what's really good about this is that you could tell every player was excited to have him back. Yeah. Um, I think that's incredible. For and I don't think it's anything morale. And I don't think it's anything against Ron because Ron was the head coach uh, after. Coro yeah, no, was, I'm not saying it was or anything. It's terminated, but I think it's more of, um, you know, they. Oh God! All right, um, because you, they. Well, you uh, think? Well, you think? I was just saying that I don't think it's a negative for Ron. I just think that that shows how much of a um, how much of a presence and how much of an impact he has in that locker room. Boom. Yeah, that's Boom I sauce. agree with that. I agree with that. I'm sorry. I have I have breaking news for the pod. Uh, yes, please. Uh, college football: the Ohio State Maryland game has been postponed. Son of a bitch. Uh, actually, canceled. Excuse me. No way. Cancel. No canceled. way. Holy shit. That has far more implications than we think. No, it doesn't. So, I I guess... No, it doesn't. Okay, so then explain why it doesn't. It has the the same implications as Alabama-LSU this weekend. It has the same implications. Now, if it has nothing to do with Ohio State, so let's start there. It's because of the rising numbers in Maryland. Um... So Ohio State should play next week. Uh, Wisconsin has missed two games now, I believe, right? And if they miss their third, they then won't be able to play in the Big Ten Championship game. So Ohio State has two more strikes. So I'm I'm not – this this means nothing, to be honest with you. Yeah, see, to me it still does simply because of sheer number of games. I mean, the Big Ten and, – and it's not Ohio State's fault. Again, I mean, you made two really good points that it's Maryland's fault, one – and then, obviously, if is if Wisconsin cannot go to the Big Ten championship game, they're obviously going to be getting somebody else from the West to come in, um, and play. Right, they're going to get they're going to get whoever wins the West. But I mean, look, you know, the, to me, this means nothing, right? This means the same amount as the Ohio, as the Alabama LSU game, and the reason why is because you know Ohio State beating Maryland is not going to put them over the top of getting into the college football playoff, right? You it, need it numbers, genuinely. Though. No, you don't. Not this year. No, I, I absolutely fundamentally refuse to accept that argument that you need numbers this year. This, that's it, why I'm if saying you, no Pac-12 team will get in. Zero. No, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. I fundamentally disagree with that. I'm glad it's at least fundamental that your disagreement is. Because because if, you, if Oregon goes undefeated and wins the Pac-12 title, they will be in the conversation. 
Whether or not they get in, that's a different conversation, but they will be in the conversation. It won't be for a matter of games. It won't be for, for anything else other than them going undefeated this year and winning the Pac-12 title. If they win the conference championship, it won't matter how many games they've played. It will not. Nobody will care this year how if you've played 11, if you've played, I'm using last year, everybody uses, plays yeah. somewhere between 11 and 12 games or 13. It, it won't matter this year. It won't because everybody understands the constraints. It'll just be depending on the body of work overall and not the amount of body of, and not the amount of work. So if Wisconsin wins out and goes wins the Big Ten championship, they're still going to get in because they because they beat Ohio State, right? It won't matter because of games. It's because they beat Ohio State. So the the argument and the rationale that oh you played six games so you're automatically out that's just not in this conversation that there is it's not going to exist everyone's going to laugh that person out of the room. Well, I don't think that conversation is going to happen on Twitter. It's not going to happen in the room. It will definitely be happening in the college football playoff committee's room. Now it won't. I can tell you right now that it will not. I can tell you right now that it's not. From the amount of people that I've spoken to and the amount of inside information that I know. That conversation is not at all going to be entertained. Nobody's going to give two Buffalo shits on a nickel if you've played six games compared to everyone else's eights. Well, when you no hear one this else is inside information, I'd like to hear it on the podcast. That'd be nice here and there. But, I mean, come on. You're welcome. I think you will see Clemson and Notre Dame both in. I don't. Um, I, I simply, especially if they go tit for tat, especially if Trevor Lawrence comes back, beats Notre Dame in the ACC title game. I think that Notre Dame has now you you will see Clemson, a, you will not see Notre Dame. That's a my more answer. difficult strength of schedule. You you'll see Clemson, you won't see Notre Dame. The the real wrench in this whole plan, to be perfectly honest with you, is Florida. Just like in the Electoral College and every other year except for this one. Mm-hmm. Florida is going to matter because if Florida wins out and then if they beat Alabama in the championship game, they're automatically in. And they're not going to let Alabama out, especially if it's a close game. So the wrinkle to all of this is going to be Florida. Because right now you could name the ACC championship champion, you can name the SEC champion, and you can name the Big 12, Big 10 right now. That gives you three. So then your next argument is, you know, whoever loses the ACC championship game, probably going to be Notre Dame, to be quite honest with you. And we can talk more about that in a minute. Yes. It'll most likely be Notre Dame, Oregon, if Oregon goes undefeated, or whoever loses the SEC championship game. My guess is, out of those three that I just named, they're going to take Oregon. I'm not I, – I, I obviously can't see into the future, so I cannot say you're wrong. But – You what, disagree with me. I know you do because, I, it's, because you're, you're very hung up on the amount of games that, that the Pac-12 is going to play. I'm not necessarily hung up on – and especially in Oregon's, I that my argument was about numbers is more so geared towards Big Ten. When it comes to Pac-12, I just don't think that a undefeated Oregon and a conference championship Oregon will nearly have played the caliber that Notre Dame has played. That see, that's fine. That's totally fine. But the but the issue is is that you know if Notre Dame loses an ACC championship game and if let's say you know it's not particularly close they're out 
I think even if Notre Dame loses in a close game in the ACC championship game, they're out. Because Notre Dame's strength of schedule is not particularly strong, and it's not particularly strong outside of that Clemson win. I would also, you by could the poke way, holes. They cancel each other out at that point. Then you look at the rest of that schedule. Oh, this isn't good. Okay. Um, do you know off the top of your head, because I do not know, is Alabama in the West or the East? They're in the West. Okay. That's – damn it. Okay. I was going to say the only – and now it's now it's done, actually. I was going to say the only chance that Alabama doesn't get in is if, you know – Texas A&M were to do something around them. They already lost to Alabama. Exactly. Um, Texas a- Unless Alabama loses two in a row, and that's with Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas on the schedule. <laughs> no. I mean, that's laughable. That's laughable. Exactly. They're not going to. Texas A&M is not in the conversation. The only team that really can throw a wrench in this entire entire plan is if Florida wins out. Yeah, and Florida oh, gets, Florida gets Vanderbilt this week. Or, no, they get Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. And they, I mean, only like only maybe one of those should be close. None of those should be relatively close whatsoever. I think um, Arkansas is going to be close. And that's going to be this week then. That's a, that's a prime time game on ESPN. So I've been a huge Florida proponent. Um, it's unfortunate that Texas A&M is essentially just playing for a great bowl game right now. Yep. Um, I think... And, of course, now we kind of get into the UCF category. But Cincinnati and BYU are the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, the the four conversation is going to be an incredibly intriguing conversation this year because you're going to have the power six guys. Then you're going to have Oregon and if Oregon goes undefeated and wins the Pac-12. Then you're going to have Cincinnati, who's going to win the, ACC, the AAC. Then you're going to have BYU that's going to you know be around. And then you have Notre Dame, who's going to be, be around. Then you're gonna have Notre Dame. I'm just ta- I'm just saying right now, as it looks, if Florida runs the table and knocks off Alabama, they're not gonna leave Alabama out. They're not going to. They they can't leave Florida out because they won the SEC. So that's two spots right there. Then you're probably gonna have Clemson if they win the AAC or Notre Dame or the ACC or Notre Dame, yeah. depending on who wins the ACC championship game, right? So that's three spots right there. And then you're gonna have a t- then you're gonna have you know Ohio State. I will say, let's say Notre Dame wins number two. Trevor okay. Lawrence is there. They win the conference championship. Clemson shouldn't even be talked about. Clemson's out. Like I 100%. think I think regardless they'll go I think play regardless A&M whoever fun bowl game whoever loses the ACC championship game is out. That'd that's my inc- opinion. That'd be an incredible bowl game, by the way. Clemson Texas A and M. Yeah. It'd be an electric bowl game. Okay. Yeah. So then let's say let's say Clemson loses in the title game to Notre Dame. So now okay. Notre Dame will so stay that's one. they'll stay undefeated. Yep. Um and then Florida also loses. Okay, so in, you have Alabama, that's game. two. Yes. So you have Notre Dame and Alabama that are both locks. Right. And so we can safely assume that because both Florida and Clemson at that point would have two losses, they are effectively out. So those two other remaining spots, are you automatically going to be giving one to the Big Ten uh, winner? If it's Ohio State, yes. Okay. If it's Ohio State or Wisconsin, yes. I don't think anybody from the West deserves it. If it's – look, if it's Ohio State or Wisconsin, yes. If it's Northwestern, that's an interesting conversation that we're going to have. If it's Purdue – 
that's also an interesting conversation we're going to have. It can't be Iowa because Iowa has two losses. It can't be Minnesota because Minnesota has two losses. It can't be Nebraska because Nebraska has two losses. And Illinois doesn't have a win. So if it's if it's Northwestern, Purdue, or Wisconsin, it's at least an interesting conversation. I think that they can be in. I think, And I think that that's where – and oh man, that's gonna be so difficult. That's gonna be so difficult because with that, it's an incredible win against Ohio State. It but would, it would as, be, it would as, be an immense upset. But, as we're going to look at it, all the three teams that I just named are playing each other at some point. Northwestern and Purdue are playing this weekend. Yes, and then Northwestern and Wisconsin are playing the weekend after. This and will then, get to unfold itself a little bit, but if you start to see these, and you know, twenty twenty is a wild year, so um, you know, obviously, I'm going to give the committee the benefit of the doubt because I'm a simp. I get it, um, but at that point in time, like, if you have a, you know, in the situation that I just gave, you've got Alabama and you've got Notre Dame both locked in, and right. maybe. You know, I think I think oh. you already have three locked in, regardless, right? I think I think you're gonna have the Big Ten winner locked in. I think you're gonna have the SEC winner locked in. I think you're gonna have the ACC winner locked in. So now the question becomes, as it usually does, is what happens with the Big Twelve? What happens with the Pac-12? And then is there? Then it goes runner-up in the two other that we just named in the SEC and ACC, and then it'll go Power Six. That's how it's gonna go. I tr- I truly. I truly don't believe that the Big 12 will have representation this year. No, they won't. They won't. But that's but that's what I'm saying. Year in and year out, that's what a four-team playoff is going to have. It's going only... to be SEC is a lock. ACC is a lock. The Big 10 has now become a lock. Then you've got the Big 12, the Back 12, probably the runner-up in the SEC and the ACC now with Notre Dame being in the ACC this year. So it just had been the SEC before. And then you're going to have the power six. If any of those guys with two losses probably shouldn't even be in the conversation. Um, but let's say they won't the, be the reason- right. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying is that you know they're going to look at those two first because if it's an you know if it's Alabama or if it's Notre Dame, they're going to look at them first before they go to the power six. Sorry, I had to cough. Muted myself. Um, Fine. I truly don't believe that the Big 12 will be because there are only two one-loss teams left, by the way. No, I think the Big 12 is out. I think the Big 12 is out. Okay. I think, you and I the, are I think they're agreement. out of this conversation. You and I are in agreement with that. Um, if they're taking a one-loss team, it's going to be Clemson or Notre Dame. Would you take a one-loss Ohio State Conference champion? Who did Ohio State lose to? Uh, you know what? Let us pull up their schedule because they can't lose to Maryland now. Uh, sorry, that one hurt. If they lost Indiana, I'd, I'd, they won't get in. They won't. They won't even be. They won't even be a conference champion. Okay, so right? Maryland's canceled. Well, yes, yes, that is at, that is extremely correct. It would have so, to be Michigan State or Michigan. If it's Michigan State, that's an that that's going to be a conversation that they're going to have to have. If it's Michigan, they're fine. To be honest with you, if it's Michigan State, that's a conversation that's going to need to be had. I mean, this is the worst start that Michigan's ever had. So their their schedule's not really helping that conversation. No, but if it's, you know, if it's one of those things where, you know, because they play Michigan the week before the Big Ten Championship game, they could essentially take the week off and lose that game and it won't matter, right? 
That's that's more my point is that they can lose to they can't lose to Michigan State because if they lose to Michigan State then they have to play everybody against Michigan, but they can lose to Michigan because they would have already beaten Indiana at this point. Right? Yes. They aren't going to they aren't going to do that cuz they're Ohio State, but I'm just saying that, you know, if they lose to Michigan, they they get a little bit more leeway because then they cuz then the committee can just say, "Oh, they took the week off before the Big 10 Championship game because they wanted everybody healthy." Right? They have those conversations. They're very realistic about that stuff. And I guess now this year is a little bit different because normally I would I would push back on that because typically, especially when it comes to um, like these rankings, it's a very like, what have you done for me now? So like when you lose early, that's typically seen as better. Right. Um, but in 2020, if you're if you're using that as a, you know, we want our guys to be safe and healthy reason maybe I can get by with that. I also think that Ohio State's second stringers can do work on most of these, most of these teams anyway. Uh, look, you're probably right. I'm not going to dispute that with you because Ohio State's become a tank. But it's the, it, if they lose to Indiana, they won't even get into the conversation. Yes. So that's that's the issue that they're going to have is that if they lose to Indiana, they won't get in the conversation. Then they play Illinois. If they lose to Illinois, they can get in because it won't matter because they're playing because they lost somebody outside of the – Big Ten East or whatever. So they lose to Illinois. That's fine for them. They don't care. They can win the next two and they'll be fine. Um, yeah, but if that, they that lose Indiana, to if, oh man, that Indiana game though, you got to think BYU and Cincinnati would be like licking their chops for that to happen, right? Yeah, because because that's, to because, me, that's their only way. Yeah, because look, then because then Ohio State's out if Indiana wins, and then if Indiana wins out. There's no reason why Indiana should not be in the be in the uh, college football playoff if they beat both Michigan when Michigan was ranked, which was a joke, and Ohio and they beat a very talented Ohio State team, and then they beat whoever they beat in the in the in the conference championship game. There's no reason why an undefeated Big Ten champion should not be in the college football playoff, regardless of who it is. I agree because you're you're exactly right, and it would be weird. It would be weird to say, you know, oh, our representative from the Big Ten is not anybody but Ohio State. You know, that hasn't happened since what, like 2015. It would be Michigan weird. You're State right. Beat them in there, so it would, it be, would weird. be. But 2020 is weird, man. So I don't. Disagree it, it would be you. weird, but it, it's one of those things where if it's if it's one of the four ranked teams that are in the Big Ten, they'll get in. If it's anybody else, that's that, that they have a problem. Well, so then there are the three locked up, and it's going to be a dogfight from there. Now, obviously, this is going to unfold because in two weeks from now, we could be looking at an entirely different landscape. I think this has been our most productive conversation we've had yet about this subject, but who knows? Um, if you're telling me to pick one right now of Cincinnati or BYU of who is the better chance— my answer is Cincinnati. I'm gonna... and it's and it's strictly based on common opponent with BYU, in the sense that BYU has played Houston, and they have played. I don't think since he plays Navy this year, they played Houston and they played. Uh, no, they don't. Play Cincinnati Navy played Army and beat them this year. Right, BYU didn't play Army because of a COVID out because of COVID. Oh, that was um, the one that was postponed. Correct, but they've played Houston, and Cincinnati's win margin against Houston was bigger than uh, uh, BYU's. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm looking so, at this now as well. Again, sitting there at six, though, that's the issue. Six right now is Florida. If Florida wins out, everybody's done. All four spots are locked up and taken. Man, could you imagine just the, at least for here in Ohio, it would be an absolute media shitstorm if Luke Fickle sneaks in with an undefeated Cincinnati and a you know an AAC title and Ohio State's sitting at home. That would be that would be fun. Look, I kind of like this year, to be honest with you. And the only reason why I kind of like this year is that you have, um, you know, you have Notre Dame being competitive. You have Cincinnati and BYU being undefeated. You have Indiana being competitive. You have Coastal, Marshall, and Liberty all undefeated and in the top twenty-five. Like I like this year a lot. And it's and it's brought a lot of questions and a lot of headaches, but I like this year a lot. So my my final question before we move on is if the season ended today, who is your fourth? Clemson. Agreed. Clemson slash Notre Dame because I think I think I think Notre Dame still I think Notre Dame loses. Okay, but but look, I mean, you know, we're talking about today. We still have another. Oh yeah, no, we've got plenty of time, man. We have five and six that are just sitting there like it's nobody's business. Yeah, no, I mo- most certainly agree. Um, and I'm kind of I'm gonna use kind of a little buffer here, um, in between baseball or not baseball sorry NCAA and NFL but I want to give a shout out for this week to Dan Lebetard. Do you see what do you see that absolute like fiasco? Uh yeah, I did. It's incredible. Uh what he did. So typically, you know, I I know that a lot of people, you know, kind of think of like Lebetard is just this goof, which I'm, I I don't think that he would dispute that fact whatsoever. But um, having one of the guys on his production team be a part of the the layoffs, and then he brings him back out of his own pocket and gives him a raise. Um, I believe his name was Chris Coat. I could be botching that last name. Um, I think I have it close somewhere in the ballpark at least. But I want to give a shout out to Dan because that is a it's a baller move, frankly. That's not even. That's like, of course, it's a class act move, but that's just a baller move, right there. Hundred percent. Yeah, it is. On to the National Football League. Um, oh man, so much going on. So much going on. Yeah. All right. What do we want to do about this NFL business? Because we can talk about. I think the easiest thing to do would just be to talk about week 10, right? You know, what's yeah. coming down the pike? Uh, yes, we can. Okay. Um, is there – are you – in your mind, the Patriots won on Monday. So do you did want Did they, them, though? Did, did they, though? By winning, they lost. Addition by – yeah. subtraction by addition here. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, do you just want them to not care anymore? 
so um, we can help no, because because that's you know I I wouldn't want that. And even if they did stop caring, they're not going to get you know a, a top pick. Um, so no, I don't want that. Um, I think that if I had to had to pick you know something, I would say that I would prefer them to at least remain competitive, so that way they have building blocks for next season. Um, this is we're talking about a franchise that has been winning for a long time and and this year they're losing and um you know there's no way that they're going to tank to the bottom because they can't go to the bottom because they just beat the bottom um so look they're going to be a very active team in the quarterback market um i i am expecting something to happen with them in terms of whether it's a trade whether it's them you know picking a quarterback in the draft or whether it's you know they they pull a rabbit out of a hat um, I am expecting movement on the quarterback front. I don't know where that'll that'll be or what it'll come from. Um, but I truthfully, I, I I'm not rooting for them to go to the bottom. I'm just gonna put that in short. I'm not. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, the AFC is heating up like nobody's business. Um, I've been texting people about this, um, and I want to put it on the airwaves so that I know, you know, exactly what's happening here. Um, but there are eight games left on the schedule, and if the Browns do not win five of those, they will be eliminated. Um, and to me, they shouldn't be in the playoffs. So if they lose more than three, they're eliminated. Yes, they will be, um, because if that they, so the the entire rest of the AFC North actually has an incredibly favorable schedule, um, super favorable because you know we're playing the NFC East, which is as you as you well know a juggernaut, um, but we're also playing the AFC South, which is a, a much better group of people so if you find a way to lose four games you have no business being in the playoffs i'm looking at your schedule now if you find a way to lose four games you have zero business being in the playoffs so for those of you that don't know what the end of the browns schedule is looking at i'm not going to get these in order but it is going oh, to i be have it in order do you want Tex- an order sure texans eagles jaguars titans ravens giants jets steelers yeah, so the, their next three weeks have to be three and zero. There's literally no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh yes. Titan, what is that? Yeah. Titans, Eagles, Jags. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have to go three and zero. And those five teams that they need to beat have a combined eight wins only. So when and then after after the Texans, the Eagles, and the Jags. Then at that point in time, they should be sitting at eight and three. Then at that point in time, I anticipate a loss to Tennessee. Tennessee's really freaking good. Um, I anticipate and like I'm just planning on another loss to the Ravens. The Ravens are more banged up, um, and we're getting our running backs back, um, so that's helpful. But still, I think I I don't think our defense is prepared for an onslaught of Derrick Henry. Truly, don't think so. So. I, I anticipate the Titans, the Steelers, and the Ravens all as a loss and us to come in that six or seven spot in the playoffs. I'm worried, though, because you know who their really biggest competition is besides themselves is going to be the Raiders. 
The Raiders beat them in the tiebreaker. So um, week eight, they the Browns lost to the Raiders and in disgusting fashion, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then in the off in their bye week last week, they lost their playoff spot. So the Raiders are hunting. They're hunting, and they're a really good team. I mean, Josh Jacobs is an absolute monster, but they have a much more difficult back half than the Browns do. They've got, and I won't say much more difficult because, you know, they play the Falcons and they play the Jets, but they've got the Chiefs, they've got the Colts, they got the Dolphins who are frankly surging right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chargers are just frisky. They play the Broncos twice. I'm still very confused by the Broncos. I don't necessarily know what to do with them yet. They seem to be like the Chargers in the sense that they're close in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's going to be a lot. Um, I mean, I think that... You know, the issue with the Browns right now, at least in terms of playoff picture, is that you lost to the Raiders, who hold a tiebreak over you. And right now Miami has a tiebreak over you in terms of strength of victory. Um, which I think it's like Indy or something like that. Oh, no, it's – I don't know what your strength of victory is. But that's that's your issue, right? So if you're able to win, you know, if you're able to only lose two games, you're going to be in regardless, right? You'll be, you'll be sitting at 11-5. and five, You're going to be in regardless. Um, Three is where, where you kind of get to hold on to your butt area because you got – because you got the Raiders who are probably going to lose. I'm going to project twice. Are you saying the Chiefs are one of those? The Chiefs is definitely one of those. They're going to lose to the Chiefs. Um, actually, no. Honestly, the Raiders the Raiders can find can actually lose themselves out of the playoffs. I think the I think the Raiders match up really well with the Chiefs. To be honest with you, that's my issue. I like the Raiders' offense more than I like the Chiefs' defense, and I like the Chiefs' offense more than I like the Raiders' defense. And we've already seen, you know, this year that the Raiders have beaten the Chiefs in Kansas in Kansas City. So if they can sweep them in the Death Star, that'd be good. For, that they'll, that'll go a long way for them. So look, they the Raiders are probably the second most inconsistent team in football. So I, I'm not ruling the Raiders out of a playoff spot. I'm also not saying that they're an automatic lock anymore. Um, the Dolphins, frankly, I'd be surprised if they get in because they have a schedule of they get the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Patriots. They could all they could lose all four. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not ready to say that the Dolphins are in regardless. So treats the Raiders and the Bills. Those last four games are all look. You have you have wiggle room. You have a couple of things that can go into your favor. Your schedule certainly is one of them. So if you win the games that you're supposed to win, I I, I think that the Browns are are. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Don't don't do it. I don't want to say it. Then don't. I don't want to say it. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit it out if you say it. So don't say it. I don't want to say it. Um, 
And the nice thing, this is where this is where I would still be at if the Browns had beaten the Raiders and they ended the season at ten and six. I would have still have been confident that they would make the playoffs because they would have had wins over both the Colts and the Raiders. I truly think that just like the Browns, the only way like the Raiders' biggest weakness right now is themselves. Um, personally, I think the Colts are non-factors. Well, yes, because we beat them. No, but I think that I, I just think that the Colts are non-factors in the playoffs. Period. Okay, I I agree that I don't think they're going to make it, but I do think that the Colts could screw the Raiders' chances because they still have to play the Colts. They still have to play the Colts. You're right. They they still have to play the Colts. So they they could screw the Raiders' chances, but um, you know, I I think the Colts the Colts get the Titans twice, they get the Packers, and they get the Texans twice, and the Steelers. So oof. The Colts Oof. to me are out. Oof meters high on that one, buddy. The Colts, the Colts are out, and then after that, you have a two-game cushion between Denver and the Patriots. That's so be a seven and nine team right there, dear God. So it's one of those things where you know, you know, you're gonna have some wiggle room to play with. Um, you just you need you need that spot, and to be honest with you, I think the race for the number one seed is is much more um, competitive than the last playoff spot in the East. And that's coming for me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you are coming at it more unbiased because you're already out of the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, Bills, that was unreal. I, that was the my favorite game that I've seen in a long time. That Bills Seahawks game. That was just fun. I mean, the Bills blew them out. Yeah. I still thought it was very fun to watch. I don't know. The Bills are weird to me, honestly. The Bills are very weird to me. I don't I don't trust them. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I think a lot of Bills fans probably agree with me on that, or at least the rational ones do. Um, you know, uh, Josh Allen has not put it together for more than two games, I think. Yes, they've won them, but ha- when he looked impressive in the Seahawks game, he did not look that impressive in the Patriots game. He did not look that impressive in the Jets game. You could argue he looked impressive in the Chiefs game. You could argue that. Didn't look impressive in the Titans game. Looked impressive in the Raiders game. I'll give him that one. He also looked impressive in the Rams game. Um, didn't look great in the Dolphins game, and then they beat the Jets. So, to me, it's one of those things where, you know, I love Josh Allen. I think that he is one of the more fun players in the NFL. Um, but he needs to start putting it together. And in these last couple weeks here where they get the Cardinals, which is going to be a great game, the Chargers, which they should win, the 49ers, which they should win, the Steelers, which will be a great game, the Broncos, which they should win, the Patriots again, which they should win, and then the Dolphins, he's got to put two or three games together where – you know, he really has been the star. And I don't think that he has entirely done that this year. The first four games were, were great. He looked good in them. But then after that, after he played the Titans, he has not looked good since. I mean, I will say, and I don't, this will obviously affect their kind of, you know, first place chances here, but a 12-4 and four Bills are going to coast into the playoffs. Now They're going to coast into the playoffs because of the rest of their division, right? There, there's no... There's no doubt, right? So it's it's just seeding. So they're going to get a home playoff game. It's whether or not that they can compete for that second spot, or whether they can, can whether they can compete for that first spot. Um, uh, to me, 
I'm much more concerned about if the Steelers are going to be able to hold off the Chiefs. I will say, though, to me, it seems that the Dolphins have a much more favorable back-half schedule. So, I'm not Between them or the Bills? Yes, between them or the Bills. Because um, uh, the, the, I'm not with you there. Are you? I'm not that sure, Jim. Okay, for the Bills, I've got that, their Jim. most difficult games to be the Cardinals, the Steelers, and in a distant third place, the 49ers. Um, Ooh, I don't even agree with that. What would you say? The Dolphins is their third most difficult. I would have said Dolphins is third. I don't okay. even think the 49ers is competitive. Okay. Well, I said I don't think the, third, I, damn it. I don't think Chargers. I don't think I don't think Broncos and I don't think Patriots are competitive. And I don't think the 49ers are competitive. I think the Dolphins game is going to be much more competitive. Whereas the Dolphins only have the Chiefs and the Bills. Every other game is winnable for them. Maybe not the Bengals. Where, where is your love for the Bengals coming all of a sudden? It's honestly just Joe Burrow's just been impressive this year. That's oh, it's, it. It's, it's, impressive it's just what he's working with and still getting right, right, his right, results. right. So it's it's one of those things where it's like you know you're you're talking about a, a good quarterback on a bad team or a good team with a bad quarterback. And I would much rather be Joe Burrow and the Bengals than I would be. Uh, let's call him. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of that's just fundamentally holding their team back? Maybe Goff and the Rams? Yeah, I'm going to go Goff and the Rams. Okay. So, look, to me... What about Derek Carr? Uh, Derek Carr's been good this year. I think Derek Carr's been a very underrated quarterback this year. He's very easy to hate. Yeah, it is. He is. I get it. Um, look, to me, look, the Dolphins can lose... To me, the Dolphins can lose the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. I don't know if they can lose to the Patriots. I think they can lose to the Bills. So that's four games right there, maybe a fifth, that they can lose. I think the Bills, we only named two. I I do. I will say I think the AFC is going to be much more fun to watch coming into Week 16 and 17 than the NFC. Yeah, but that's always that's been that's been their mo forever, right? That's always that's always been the AFC's mo is that whether it's the first whether it's the race for the number one seed or whether that's the race for you know the third seed, uh, it's always been more fun. The thing about the NFC compared to the AFC is that the one seed in the NFC is a lot tighter than the than the one seed in in the AFC yeah. because you have teams that are all the same record, and I think the Saints at least play somebody. Oh no, they don't. They don't play anybody who is also tied with them. So in that in the terms of, you know, they're they're in the same record. So it's the Saints, the Seahawks and the Packers. They're all 6 and 2. Um neither of them play each other. So it's literally going to be whoever gets there first. And they can't take each other down along the way. But you have the Eagles who are 3-4 and 1, which is which is hilarious. You got the Buccaneers at 6 and 3. You got the Cardinals at 5 and 3. And you have the Rams at five and three. So after that, you have the Bears, who are at five and four, who I don't think are going to get in, and the 49ers, who are four and five, who I don't think they're going to get in. The only team right now that's on the outside that's looking in that has an absolute chance of getting in, in my opinion, is the Vikings. The Vikings can cause some problems because they get the Bears this week. If they win that, they're four. They're four and five. Then they get the Panthers, which is winnable. Then they get the Jaguars. Then they get the Buccaneers, which is, you could argue it's winnable based on how they played last week. Yeah. 
they get the Bears again, then they go to the Saints, and then they go to the Lions. So right now, if you're looking at it, they have two losses left this year. To me, they have two. And I, I think those two are the split in Chicago. I could see them too, but right now, for sure, automatic, they have two losses this year. I think it's the Buccaneers and the Saints. So they're going to be nine and seven. Based on based on the math that I just did, right? So I I think that they could be very easily in that spot because at least for the Rams' sake, Seahawks is a loss, Buccaneers might be a loss, Cardinals might be a loss. Seahawks again and the Cardinals again. Right? So let's look at the Rams at maybe eight and eight. Yeah, I'm just really unhappy that you're gonna get a six win team in the playoffs this year. That I'm going to get a six what do you mean? The I mean the Eagles are just gonna limp oh, their way. Yeah, well we expect that. And I think honestly, wouldn't be stunned if the Eagles won the won the first round game wouldn't be stunned we saw it with the Seahawks a couple years ago wouldn't be stunned at all we'll see I I would be slightly stunned but I mean we saw it with the Seahawks how many years ago right they went on they went limping into the into the uh into the first round everybody bet against them and then it was a home game for them and then they won we've seen it before I suppose. So, um, that's yeah, man. That's gonna be, that's gonna just gonna be, like a bleeding gazelle, just like trying to get to a comfortable spot to die in. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, looking ahead towards Week Ten tomorrow night, uh, for Thursday night, um, we've got Indy, Tennessee. Tennessee's be, only a minus one and a half favorite. It's going to be a Take very em. low scoring game. Take them. Take I, Tennessee. I would as well. That's going to be a low scorer, though. Yeah. Um, I am. A lot of weird games. I think Buffalo, Arizona is going to be a very good one. Um, yep. I think that Baltimore, New England is going to be weird. I don't know if good's the right word, but it's definitely going to be weird. That's your, your Sunday night game. And then maybe San Francisco, New Orleans could be fun, but San Francisco is, you know, wheeling out hospital beds onto the field. So I don't know if that one would be even good. It just doesn't seem like I don't like the board. If Mullins is starting, if Mullins is starting, I'm taking the Saints. I think that's a very good thing, good idea. I mean, even if Jimmy Um, G was starting, I'd be taking the Saints. Look, I think this is the perfect board to tease, to be honest with you, just to play with a whole bunch of teasers. Um, I don't like to this me. Board. To me, the obvious one right now, the obvious ones to tease at least. Um, I'm going through it right now. Give me two seconds. Uh, the obvious ones to tease to me are Eagles minus three and a half. You would tease them to plus three, plus two and a half. Uh, Packers minus twelve and a half. You would get them to six and a half. Steelers minus six and a half, you get them to a half a point, so all they'd have to do is win the game by a point. Um, Saints, nine and a half would bring them down to three and a half. Ravens minus, minus seven would bring them down to one. That's what I like right now. It's a lot of movement, man. 
You could talk to me about the Buccaneers over bringing that down to 44. Um, well, don't you, trust anymore. You you could you could talk to me about the Texans and the Browns over, which would also bring them down to 44. That one I more so would trust. I think that the the Browns are obviously it's a statement game for them, but one they get Nick Chubb back, so expect a whole heaping of runs to keep. Um, Baker is untouched as possible while his ribs are still healing. But also, this is Romeo Cornell. Um, and for my faithful Browns fans, uh, we get to go play Romeo Cornell. Um, so that is going to be fun. So, um, Bills Cardinals over 56, I would tease down to 50. Um,. Raiders Broncos at fifty and a half. I would actually tease down to be honest with you. That would bring it to forty four and a half. We're um, just playing over unders right now. I mean, to fill out a teaser, you have to have a little bit of fun. You know what, Chargers Dolphins. I would do it. I would tease the Dolphins. Bring them to plus three and a half. Chargers aren't going to win the game by more than three points if they do. What is the, the over under on that game? Uh, forty-eight and a half. I'm smashing that so hard. I I don't even need a tease for that. But you know, both teams both cleared the over wildly easy last week. Um, LA always keeps it very competitive, but they are the best team in the NFL at finding ways to lose. Uh, this is true. And so we saw for, it last week. Oh my god! Yeah, we saw it last and, week and a week before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I definitely like your idea about the you know moving the line for Miami and then taking the Miami line. I'm just a fan of the the plain old over. I just I like getting creative with some things. I uh, last night I took the over. Actually, I took two unders last night. Regardless of what my Twitter name says, I took two unders, and uh, one of them hit. The other did not. I don't know what to say to you. I was very disappointed. You should be. I mean, look, you know, who is going to who's going to predict that the um State University of Kent State was going to score 62 points against Bowling Green? I mean, if you had knew, if you had known all of those sabermetric stats about Bowling Green, then I think you, you know might. what I you know what I learned about Bowling Green to be 100% honest with you? The only thing that I've learned about them. They're a high school team. Their quarterback is 14 of 50. Oh, my. Seriously? 14 of 50. I say this confidently. I think I could get 10 of 50. I think, he if, went, you, I think if you give me 10 pat or 50 passes on, in the match. Ready? He went, he went uh, 8 of 30 in game one, and he went 6 of 20 in game two. My word. His game one QBR was four. <laughs> His game two QBR was 13. Oh, man. That's disgusting. Yeah, I would even put you, and I would say, like, if you were to just have, like, um, cutback routes with tight ends, I could probably get 11 out of 50 instead of 10 out of 50. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to throw the ball over 10 yards. I promise you that. Yeah. But... 
until the until the defense starts to know what I'm doing and go, oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna pass it to anybody over ten yards, and then they they pack the box, and then I have to run, and then I die. Yeah, would be a fun way to die though. If we're talking about that, I wouldn't hate it. Are there is there any you know breaking news that I I'm not paying attention to that I'm missing at the moment or because we, um, we, we covered we hit all the bases as the kids say we hit a lot. Um, the only thing that I think that we are really looking at is. No, we're not looking at anything new. Nothing nothing breaking at this moment. Nothing is breaking at this moment. Could something break? Absolutely. Unfortunately. Everything always something know. always breaks. Um but right now nothing nothing's breaking at the moment. Um and the believe- only thing only thing only thing that I can say is uh this one this one hurts a little bit is is Rest in peace, Leroy. Oh, yes. No, 100%. 100%. Also, kind of a... Yes. Man, that sucks. I literally... I I, I read that and I go, ah, fuck. And and Trap Trebek. Rest in peace, Trap Trebek. Yes. Thank you. Um, This weekend hurt me. Like, hurt my soul. Like, physically hurt my soul. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try and end it on a good note. So if you have anything more bad to say, say it now. No, I got nothing. I'm just I'm just gonna sulk in my corner. In two weeks from tomorrow, we will have college basketball. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Why? Why? Because I have bad news attached to that. I told you to get it out already. Damn it. Oh, as soon as you said it, it brought my mind back of what it was. All right, fine. What's the bad news? Miami and Stetson, their game has been postponed. That would be the first college basketball game that has been canceled or postponed because of COVID. All right. That's interesting. I shouldn't say that it's too far in advance because it is a little over two weeks, but it makes Makes sense. Well, we've we've hit the we've hit the edge as our as our good friend, uh, whoever does NFL Red Zone. I forgot his name. Scott <laughs> he's Hansen. Not our, he's not our good friend if I can't remember Scott Hansen's name. Um, as our good friend Scott Hansen would say, we've reached the witching hour, where wins become Ooh. losses, losses become wins, and everyone gets COVID. Everybody gets COVID. <laughs> Well, on that in that note, I'm I now feel like the Eagles. I've just limped to a place to die, um, and and end this. But I think I think that's what we got to do. I think that's the smartest thing to do here. Look, take the over, hug your dogs, and root for root for root for good football this weekend. Agreed. We will see you all next week. Take the over. <laughs>